time to talk money with Mary Holm. How are you, Mary? Fine, thanks, Anna. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been quite the afternoon, I have to say. Uh, Whereabouts are you at the moment? Are you at home? Yes, I am at home. Yes, talking to you on Zoom. Zoom, great. I can't see you. I can just hear you, but it's a lovely, clear line. Now, you're going to talk to us about KiwiSaver. And and I was um, mentioned earlier, there was an article in the paper today about someone who had their money in a conservative fund losing more than the growth fund. So I'm sure you can tell us why that happened. Yes, I can. It's actually, we could, that's the subject of one of the letters. We, I have received, um, and Jesse has received a whole lot of emails, and I have for my Herald column as well, people worrying about what's happening to their KiwiSaver accounts at the moment. And um, I sent some back in to you. Yes. Um, to read out. We okay. Could would you like me to? You like. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we'll take it from the top, Mary. Um, it's, yeah. The first one is from Tim. I stupidly put $300,000 from my house sale into a conservative managed fund with my KiwiSaver provider. My KiwiSaver fund was doing so well before. The conservative fund seems to invest mostly in international interest and has lost $15,000 so far. I will need it for a new home around September, October, so now wondering what to do with it. Do I leave it uh, and hope or get it out and suffer the loss, which will be a hard loss? Mm. Yeah, yeah, poor Tim. I can appreciate his worries there. Mm. Um, Now, Tim's made a mistake that is so common. Funds called conservative funds are not the most conservative of of the KiwiSaver and other managed funds. The ones that are really low risk are called defensive, and they have less than 10% shares and property in them. They're basically low risk investments, whereas conservative funds have between 10 and 35% of shares and property in them. So they can, you know, they can be one-third shares. Um, and right. that's part of, that's something that people just don't realise, sadly. Um, so I, so what people should be doing if they're planning to spend the money within the next two or three years is don't use a conservative fund, use a defensive fund, um, which has less than 10% of the shares and property in it. What's more, though, we've got a problem going on at the moment. Their defensive funds have got less than 10% of these, these higher risk assets, but a lot of them have a lot of bonds in them. And bonds are at the moment losing value. This is, people have a bit of trouble getting their heads around it. They, they're Bonds are they're like bank term deposits, basically. You put X amount of money in, and at the end of the term, you get your money back, and in the meantime, you get interest on it. Mm. But what's been happening with bonds is that a, a fund that holds bonds holds some of those bonds they might have bought last year or the year before. They might be three- or five-year bonds, and they've got low interest rates on them. What well, suddenly it looks like a low interest rate because – interest rates have been rising in the markets. And so these older bonds are sitting there in the funds with low interest rates on them. And that means those bonds are actually worth less money. And the fund managers have to every every frequently value their funds, say to, say to their investors, okay, here's what, what 
the, your units and the fund are worth at the moment. And those the value of those units is being dragged down by the fact that old bonds that are sitting in the funds are at low interest, so their value has gone down. It's a little bit hard for people to get their heads around. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to get to the sort of key points here, uh, what people who have got money they want to spend in the next two or three years are best to go into a cash fund, which is one type of defensive fund, but it's ones that are invested only in cash. And you can find them if you go to the Smart Investor tool, Smart Investor, it's called, on, on the Sorted website. You can find on that funds that are called cash funds, and then you've got to take a step and check that, in fact, they hold only cash, um, not bonds, because bonds at the moment are, are, are not doing well, at all as a result of interest rates rising is, is what it amounts to. So I hope that it has got too confusing. Um, we can talk about it a bit more as we go through these questions, perhaps, but for Tim, who's got his money from a house sale and wants to put it into a new house around September or October, and he's put it into a conservative fund and the balance has gone down, I would say he could take the lot out now and put it into either a cash fund or just good old bank term deposits. But he might want to do half and half because we don't know whether conservative funds are going to keep losing value. They might recover. It's, there's no way to tell what the market's going to do yeah. next. Um, so he, sometimes I think in these situations, do half and half. So take perhaps take half of it out and put it in bank term deposits. Or no, he can't do that. He's in KiwiSaver. So he's got, he'll have to move it to a cash fund. Find a fund that's called a cash fund and actually only invests in cash. So you've got to go on to the smart investor tool to check that a cash fund you're looking at actually only invests in cash because some of them fib a bit. They call themselves cash funds, but they've got other investments in them. Ah. So that's my suggestion for Tim is to move either half or all of his money into a cash fund. Um, He might want to leave half where it is in the hopes that it might recover in the meantime. We just don't know. So, so speaking about uh, the bonds, there was the uh, there was the email from uh, from John, um, yes. which you know which covers this a little bit. You know something I've noticed, and you'll be aware of this too. The conservative funds have fallen more than the growth funds. This would suggest to me that we shouldn't have had the money in conservative funds in the first place. And uh, there's a mention about the ANZ investment summary of of April twenty two. Yes, he sent us an ANZ um, list of recent returns, and sure enough, they show that the three-month and one-year returns are worse. There's been a bigger drop in the conservative funds than in the usually higher-risk growth funds. But if you look across at one-year, three-year, 10-year returns, they are much higher in the growth funds and lower in the conservative funds. The conservative funds in the long run are much more conservative. But at the moment, they're taking a bigger dive than the growth funds. And that's because of what we were talking about. Because interest rates have risen so fast, it's meant that the funds that hold old bonds at lower interest rates are hurting at the moment. It'll come right. It's an unusual situation. And Generally speaking, I just say to people, just stick with it. It will come right. Don't move your money now after it's made a loss because then that loss becomes real to you. Yeah. Whereas if you 
stick with the fund, it will come right. It's, these are unusual circumstances, what it all amounts to there. Mm, mm, of course. Um, there is this one from Cathy about market timing. I'm a 69-year-old, still working full-time, but not sure how long I will continue. I belong to a balanced fund. Over the past months, my KiwiSaver balance has dropped. Am I best to withdraw a majority of the funds and place on bank deposit until the market improves? I need to protect the balance as I won't have many years to build it up again. Yes, and now the key um, phrase that catches my eye in Kathy's message is she says, until the market improves. So she's wanting to put her her money in bank, the bank until then. The trouble is we never know until afterwards that the market has improved. You you see the markets fluctuating day by day and you see, oh, the market's got a bit better today, but we'll go back down again tomorrow. And this is what always happens to people. They wait until the market's really showing clear signs of improvement that it's not just wobbling around. Um, and by then, they've missed out on the gains that are happening again. It, it, people it, people trying to time markets like that, it's, it looks so obvious. You say, oh, I'll take my money out when the market goes down, and as soon as it starts going back up again, I'll put it back in again. But we, we nobody, not even the experts, can pick when the market is actually starting to improve. It's only after it's improved quite a lot that we can be fairly confident it's on the up and up. And by then, people have missed out on that gain. So uh, don't try to time markets, Cathy. Um, allocate your money according to when you're planning to spend it. If it's within the next three years, put it in the lowest risk cash funds. If it's between three and 10 years, put it in middle level funds and if it's more than 10 years then put it in the higher risk growth funds if you've got the courage to put up with the ups and downs in the meantime that's the basic rule right Okay, um, on to Frank's question. I heard Mary talking about KiwiSaver the other day and recommending that people stick with it even when shares are dipping. I think one main reason was to claim employer and government contributions. So I wonder what her advice is to those who are over 65 who don't benefit from those contributions. Um, he goes on with stock markets dropping sharply and little relief expected in the near term should they at least be looking to switch into less risky funds perhaps moving from growth funds with a higher percentage invested in equities down towards more conservative funds perhaps even into one that is entirely cash and cash equivalents which you've been talking yes, about but mm. yeah so Frank's also sort of looking to react to what's going on in the current markets i firmly advocate that you get your your savings into the right funds for you, not regardless of what's happening in the markets, get it into the right funds for you and ignore the markets. That's what I do and have done for years. Mm. You just so you 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 get it the way I've just described with the low risk and the cash funds, the medium risk and the you know the medium term money and medium funds and then the longer term money if you've got the courage into the higher risk funds. Um, if anyone who's moved already because of the current markets going badly has moved to a lower risk, don't move back again. That's a sign that you're in funds that are too risky for you to cope with downturns. So stay in the low risk. And people who move their, their money around, it's just a loser's game. Mm. Uh, Amanda is in her late 30s. Um, she has investments uh, through Sharesies and Colonel. 
Uh, she says she has a good appetite for risk and she's not faced by losing quite a bit of value as everyone has of late um, as I'm looking at 10 to 20 years ahead and beyond. Her question is, does it make any sense to increase my investment purchases at this time as I can afford to? It makes sense as I'd get more for my money while the value is down, but I'd like Mary's opinion. Uh, it'd be looking at ETFs and index funds rather than individual company shares. Yes, so Amanda's wanting to do what, and she's a younger person and that they're more likely to do this, is to do the opposite of what most people do when the markets go down. Most people who panic say, oh gosh, I want to get out. Um, this, the smarter people are the ones, they're called contrarian investors who do the opposite of what most people are doing. And Amanda's saying, okay, everyone else is wanting to get out of the markets now, I'm wanting to get in. And look, that's a it's way, way better than, <laughs> than the opposite. Um, so I would say, yeah, why not? Why not? If you've got some money you can spare and you don't need it for a long time, it isn't a bad time to get into the markets right now. We don't know, of course, whether they're going to go down further. They could easily. We just don't know. But I would add to that that it, in general it doesn't really work to try and pick um, and, and be a contrarian investors don't tend to do as well as people who just steadily put the same amount into their savings regardless of what's happening. So if you're putting $100 a month or something like that steadily in, ignoring the markets, that in the long run works out to be the, the best strategy of all. Okay. Um, before we uh, get to your footnote on contributions, someone has texted in yes. saying, uh, why is my 3% from my wages a different value from the 3% employer contribution? For example, mine yes. is $36 as compared to $25. Yes, good question. That's It's quite simple. The employer's contribution tax is taken out of it, whereas it's, it's after tax, whereas yours is before tax. So employer contributions aren't as big as your own contribution. That's just the way the system works. Ah, uh, okay. And Jerome um, or Jerome uh, has texted in, um, should a self-employed person continue to make voluntary contributions in the current climate? Yes, now that feeds nicely, Jerome, into, into my sort of final comment here, which is, um, yes, you, everybody should just keep on contributing, keeping a steady amount going in regardless of what's happening in the markets. It's by far the best strategy in the long run for, for getting larger savings. And, and, and I wanted to just remind people, because we're into June now, that every year the KiwiSaver providers look at how much each member has put into KiwiSaver from July 1 through to June 30th. And if you put in $1,042 or more, which amounts to $20 a week, then you will get the maximum government contribution coming in of $521. If you put in less than that, you'll get 50 cents from the government for every dollar you put in. So if you put in $10, the government will give you five. But I'm really urging people because ASB was saying recently that nearly half, 40%, 47%, of their members who are in the age group where you get government contributions, which is 18 to 65, are not going to get the maximum contribution from, from the government. 
this year if they don't get their act together and put wow. some more money in before June the 30th. So everybody try your hardest. And if you're self-employed, not employed, in any other situation other than an employee, it's quite possible you haven't got had enough and yet put it in and ignore the fact the markets are down. In fact, it's quite a good time to be putting it in because units are cheap at the moment. Right. So that's just an urge to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a free $521, isn't it? Why would Look you? Look, it is. Yeah. And over the years, that can add up. Sitting in your KiwiSaver account and, and accumulating um, returns on it can add up to thousands more dollars in retirement. So it's just a real pity for people to miss it. Just by the way, too, around about now, people are receiving their annual statements from their KiwiSaver provider and have a look at those, read them, and you'll see that they include an estimate of how much money, how much savings you'll have at retirement if you continue saving at the rate you currently are. And that sometimes people gives people a bit of a wake up. They say, oh, I'd quite like a bit more than that at retirement. So there's nothing to stop anybody, employee or not, from sending in extra money directly into their KiwiSaver provider um, whenever they want to, whenever they can. And a good opportunity as those statements come in to, to shop around, have a look at other providers? Really good point, yes. I mean, in particular, I've always had a thing about high fees. The KiwiSaver providers that, that charge higher fees tend and they, they don't do better than the ones that charge low fees, to put it simply. So find the first thing to do is make sure you're in the right risk level for you. And the the KiwiSaver Fund Finder on the sorted website will show you there's a little tool there to help you work out if you're at the right risk level for you. And then the next thing to do is get the right provider for you at that risk level and the fund finder will help you do that too and I strongly suggest you go for one of the ones that charges the lowest fees. Right okay check that one out. Mary Holm thank you so much for joining us this afternoon some really valuable information there. Lovely chatting with you. You too. And Mary Holm comes to us every Thursday with her advice, financial advice. Really interesting points there.